Hey everybody, happy Sunday. I am on the way back from Northwestern and I had to stop off at Berm's house, drop him off. So I'm going to borrow his studio because I also have to have my Sunday with Schlegs chat uh, brought to you, of course, by our great friends at The Difference. Breaking down Ohio State 21, Northwestern 7. That's Anthony Schlegel. The man needs no introduction. Schlegs, uh, you know, being there yesterday, that was some of the worst weather I can recall seeing for a football game. And like, I don't know if it really captured it on TV because it didn't rain a ton throughout that game. And that wasn't the issue. But the winds, like, they're hard to see. When we got there about 9 in the morning uh, central time, the flags all sounded like they were just going to whip right off the flagpoles. It was hard to stand, and it got worse as it went on. Um, so I'll preface everything for the rest of our show with the fact that it just can't be all that fun to go out there and play in that. No, that's that's crap. It's it's that's not true. That would be <laughs> that. It's funny because my cousin runs the scoreboard for Northwestern. He um he worked in the SID office for Loyola for a long time and. He's out of that business, but he works the scoreboard, and he's just at that game. And like, he's like, "I'm just so grateful I got to watch you play." He's like, "But you would have had a blast playing in this condition," <laughs> which I would have because they ran the ball 59 times. Like, that's right up my alley. I'm like, "That's a 20 tackle game. That's what I like to see." They have no option to throw it, so I'm going to get my tackles. Super fun if you're a linebacker or a defensive lineman in those type of situations. So, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't watch this game. I, we. We're down here in Florida. We had like a kind of a cap on a fall baseball, like a little tournament that I'm going to after this um, for the championship game and stuff. And yep. so I'm just watching the game cast because I, for some reason, I couldn't watch it live. And I'm just watching this game cast go on and, and not having, not being at the game, not watching it live, hearing people tweet about certain things. This was a little bit of my initial takeaway. We'll get into the, to the rest later, but. Travion's out, Jackson Smith's out, Cameron Brown's out. You got some dudes right there that are out. It's not really good. Then you yep. start the game off, and you had on offense, you had five punts and a turnover on downs. That's bumpy. You know, not knowing and just really knowing and understanding the situations that they had. Yep. You knew Northwestern's game plan. And I, of course, I always go back to trust the ball because then we also saw Notre Dame run trust the ball and beat Clemson. Well, that, that's a different story at the end of the, at the, end of the convo. <laughs> But it was to control the clock, not have any turnovers, run tempo when they actually had an opportunity to, when they had the wind, which they did, mm -hmm. right? And, and hopefully try to create some turnovers or, or chaos based on the conditions to capitalize. Like that's really the game plan that they had throughout the game. They kept it relatively close. Um, so then as we keep going down, I'm watching the game cast and, and you, you, you get done with the game and I'm looking at things. Points of concern that kind of stood out before I even watched the game yeah. was your fourth and 15 on third down. That's not very good. Northwestern was nine of 20, almost 50%, coming from a defense that has basically been 25, 26% all season. That wasn't good, which also gave them opportunities to run the. And again, I'm just watching this on the game cast. I typed these notes up at a baseball game, but this really was what I saw on the game as well is you got to get off the field on third down to give your opportunity, your offense, the opportunity to run more plays. They didn't necessarily do that going nine for 20 on third down Northwestern was uh, and in consequence. They were outgained by Northwestern in the first half, 117 to 72, I think rushing, yeah. um, you know, thinking off that it was then, all right, well then why? And I just wrote the question, why was third down a problem? 
go back and look at first and second down, which I did. That really is the why for poor conversion rates on third down. Now, some of those were third and short, and you would think run the football and get a first down. We'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. But really, first and second down obviously sets up success on third down. And then when I watch the game and automatically you have a, you have a couple of, you know, good plays and then you have a penalty. Daggum, the game started with a penalty on offense and now you're already behind the chains. You can't do that in that type of environment. So anyways, and then they won the, the time of possession by 13 minutes, having an additional 15 plays. That's tough. So I'll let you ask another question and then we'll kind of go into what I saw uh, while I actually watched it. All right. So, Schlegs, when you when you did watch, let's let's get to that first of all. You you don't seem thrilled with what you saw defensively. I think that you know. Well, no, it was just nine of twenty. That's not good enough. You that, know, that part, the yeah. Northwestern offense. That's you know a team that's one and seven. Yeah, I don't I I don't want to paint it the whole way because I I did say this and I thought this after the game. Like there were a bunch of individual performances yesterday that I still thought were significant and meaningful for the Silver Bullets collectively, probably. Yeah. You, you don't leave really thrilled um, because of what you mentioned there with third downs and some of the runs. And then I know that the tendency is to take that, whatever happened for Ohio State in any given game, but especially Saturday. And what does that mean when they play Michigan in a much better rushing attack? That's the natural tendency. Right. Um, and I, I don't, my theory was when I just watching it and leaving it on Saturday, and I, that's, this is just based on what I've learned from you and Zach and Bob over the years, like, it didn't seem like maybe there were more coaching issues in that game with defensive line rotation, which I still don't really love. And then maybe more to the point, a lot of opportunities where they were playing nickel against the Wildcat and Jumbo looks from Northwestern when there was no threat of a pass whatsoever. That was just what I saw. Did that line up with, with your review? Uh, I really didn't focus so much on personnel. I'll, I'll tell you what I did focus on. Uh, and if you want to start with the defense, we, we can. Yeah. There was a great graphic that, was put up the only two games that Ohio state has trailed by seven has been to Rutgers and Northwestern. That gives hmm. you a little indication. I mean, I, that, that, I, I don't think I'm mistaken. They put that graphic up. So I'm going to say that they're accurate in putting that graphic up, but the only games that they trailed was to Northwestern yep. and Rutgers by seven. And I don't know if that was at half or whatever, but that should never occur when you're at the Ohio state university. And I think that's kind of the, the fan and all of us and the expectation level is that you're playing a Rutgers, you're playing a Northwestern. I don't care about the conditions. Inflict your will and physicality upon them because that's what you do. You supposedly have the more superior dominant athletes go out there. And I mean, I, you know, I was born in Iowa. I played in the Midwest. My dad said, you're corn fed, you're blue collar, knock their dick in the dirt. Like that's just what you're supposed to do. And when given the opportunity, go do said that. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where everybody um, gets juiced a little bit about watching this game. And I'm going to say, you know what? You're right. The interior part of our offensive line is not very good right now. Doesn't mean they can't be. They were doing well earlier in the year. What I saw is a bunch of really big people standing up. And when you stand up and you play against guys that are smaller but have great technique, I mean, I'm talking about dudes that are getting one hand stabbed in the chest and getting knocked back. That's unacceptable. I'm talking about beat like guys are going horizontal as opposed to creating seams for 
the offense for the running backs to be able to run through. That's mm-hmm. an issue. That's aggression. Now, again, when you think about it and everybody, and again, 10U football, everybody says make a tackle or block somebody, right? Like that's the overall, that's how you coach from yeah. a parent's perspective <laughs> in like, you know, youth football. But let's think about it. Defensively, they're firing off the ball. Offensively, you can't really fire off the ball because you, you know where the ball is going, but you can still come out with great pad level and then drive your feet to create those different running lanes. Defense, it's all about building a wall, getting guys to go to bounce sideline to sideline, not run north and south, which is what Mayan does best, running north mm-hmm. and south, but he needs the seams to be able to do so. So when you're not able to win the line of scrimmage and it just becomes neutral and he has to bounce, that's when guys can fill, and they did, and they made the tackles on the perimeter. So, yes, to everybody's point, there is an issue right now on the interior part of our offensive line, and I saw it, and it was very evident yesterday. I will say this. I think DeWan Jones is probably the one dude on the offensive line that I like the most. He he seems, now again, I'm watching it, and guess what, everybody? I'm not going back, and I'm not watching it multiple times as I talk to you about this. But <laughs> what stands out, DeWan Jones wants to go finish people. I saw him multiple times at the end of plays finishing people. I want that mindset for the four other cats. Right. And I want the mindset for when we're running bubble screens or you know whatever we're doing. I want people to finish people. That that's a mindset, that's an attitude, and it starts with practice. And you know what? To make our offensive line better, defensive line, smash their face in at practice. That's that's what bloody Tuesdays are all about. It's good yeah. on good in the on the line, go make each other better. So, so that I would just say that's kind of coming from that. Go ahead, ask me another question. No, I, I mean, I, I wanted to follow up on that with you, Schlegs, because I think that I theorized that September, when the schedule got lighter, early part of October, there was a huge emphasis from Ryan Day. There's going to be a lot more good on good on. You don't get an extra hour. Like, this isn't the, you know, uh, unlimited professional ranks. You have the 20 hour rules and whatever. Like, you don't get to add more practice to get better. But the way that Ohio State was managing it, I felt like in September and October, when they knew Saturdays were going to be a little bit easier, a lot more good on good, ones versus ones, you know, full contact work on Bloody Tuesdays, you mentioned Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I thought, well, maybe that's not sustainable later in the year. At some point, uh, you play Penn State, you might need a break. But the trade off to that is like, I think Ohio State was a much better tackling team and they were blocking a lot better. Now they're, you can injure yourself, and they were dealing with a ton of injuries early in the year. So like the balance of how you're going to coach this to get the fundamentals better and stay healthy, that's a, that's a nonstop negotiation that you have to make. But right that's now, right. it does seem like they've gone the other direction. They're getting healthier, and the fundamentals are getting worse. Well, here's the thing that everybody has to realize. As you get later in the season, very similar to a training program in season, volume is, is the killer. Right. So the length of practices have to be shorter. Mm-hmm. You talked about the 20 hour rule. It's, it's really the same in the league. You can't have guys on the field for two hour practices in <laughs> November. It's not sustainable. OK, volume is the killer. Intensity becomes king. You can still train intense in season. Baseball parents, basketball parents, football. You can train intense. You can have intense practices, but the volume of the workout and the volume of the practice has to be limited, okay? So intensity is king 
Volume is not, it's at a detriment. So there is a balance. It's finding when can we go that intense good on good to get those those reps that we need for our guys. It might have to show up on a scout team and it might have to be a couple of twos that walk down there and smash somebody to get mm-hmm. a quick look for a period and then go back to, to the regular unit. So they will figure, I believe this, I believe in our coaching staff. I yep. believe in our players. I believe that they will figure it out. It's great. You're nine and zero, okay. And I'm gonna rattle this off before we kind of get to the defense. And I was gonna save it for the end, but yeah. let's just think about this. LSU beats Alabama. Notre Dame be- beats Clemson. Georgia dominates Tennessee. They will be number one. Ohio State will not be number one. They will be number one. Texas beat K State. MSU beat Illinois. Didn't see that coming. Kansas nope. beat Oklahoma State. And Pitt beat Syracuse. I mean, those are all teams that are going down. But in the top, Alabama now has two losses. Clemson's out of the picture, and and. Tennessee's dropped back now because they lost to Georgia and yep. Georgia now is going to win the East. That's what it is. So you're still in a good spot. You're nine and O things to, you know, improve upon. Yes. And I will say this too, just staying on the offense real quick. It was great to see some design quarterback runs and you have to have that in those situations. Right. I, I heard somebody tweeting about, can they run a wildcat? Those are things that they probably, Probably those quarterback design runs were things that they put in this week specifically for this game that they had to utilize. And there was one earlier in the game where he he rolled out, got a first down, did not expect that. Then you had the long run. He had six rushes for 76 yards, 74 yards. I don't know, something like that. That's great. You had to have that in this type of game to move the chains. So that was, uh, you know, a positive on the offensive side of the ball. All right. Before we get to defense. <laughs> what else is on your mind, Schlegs? Let's let's well, hear about the bullets. Well, you know, I would say, I mean, there's definitely some holding penalties on the edge, on the perimeter that don't get called <laughs> on us. Uh, that was absolutely asinine. That right. it. I saw at the very beginning some hesitancies filling some gaps, and I think that's because when you play in a very aggressive style of defense like we play, which is very similar to how we played back when I played. I mean, it was aggressive. We zone-pressured. We blitzed. We had guys coming from different directions, but you can't guess. So if my job is to have contained, I got to stay contained. I can't peek inside because the guy that's filling that gap is going to read and adjust off me, mm-hmm. though he shouldn't. He should just go fill that gap. And in consequence, we lost the edge a couple of times. Can't have that hesitancy because when you hesitate, you mess up the guy behind you that's supposed to fill. So you got to kind of clean those things up. I saw... I, there, there was less missed tackles in this game than there were the last game, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, but I saw some guys just trying to throw some shoulders. You still got to wrap up, regardless if you if you teach across the bow, or regardless if you teach the rugby tackle, all of them have you wrapping up in some capacity. Shoulders don't get the job done, wrapping up does. So those are just things that they can, you know, you know, hey, it's a game we're not talking about the back end because they couldn't throw the football. So <laughs> I, that's, that's probably a win. But you know, at the end of the day, they rushed the ball 59 times. They got 200 yep. yards. So are there things to correct? Yes. Um, do I feel good about where we are? We're 9-0. We're going to be number two in the country. So yep. attack and dominate and go Bucks. Attack and dominate. All right. Throw in, throw in some different ma- difference makers and then go watch some baseball. Yeah. Here, really simple. To me, the difference maker makers of the game were our specialists. And that's Mason Arnold, who's a redshirt freshman, replacing a seventh-year Bradley Robinson as the deep snapper. That's right. In those, think about this, guys. All Northwestern wanted to do was to have some kind of some kind of chaos, some kind of turnover. It didn't come from the offense. 
it easily could have came from the punt or the or the extra point team, right? There's no way we we're kicking field goals into that wind. But mm-hmm. still, you have to work on the mechanics. And in that game, especially at the beginning of the game, when you have five punts, right? So it's Mason Arnold, it's Jesse Murko, Mike Murko, Murko yep. right? And then Ruggles. Those are the difference makers in the game because in those uh, on those executions, they were flawless all game, and it could easily have gone to Northwestern side on that. We saw some of their shank punts into the win. Um, I thought that Merkel did a great job punting into that win, that rugby style, keeping it low and driving the yep. football. And in uh, doing so, we, we flipped the field a little bit and put our defense in a good position. So those guys are the difference maker for me this week. Love that. Jaden Fielding also handling those kickoffs, dealing the win. Yes. Uh, kept, them in, kept them in play. They covered one. Northwestern wanted to return. They got pinned inside the 20. So I'll, I'll pile on there with a special teams Good. difference maker, Forge Legs. He's going to get out of here and enjoy the rest of his Sunday. As always, we appreciate the great Anthony Schlegel giving us some time. Uh, a, a conversation brought to you by The Difference. We're going to have another one next Sunday. It's going to be Ohio State and Indiana. That kickoff time is confirmed for Saturday at noon. And then this guy right here is going to be back with us to break that down next week. Schlegs, we appreciate you, man. Thank you, Dominic. Appreciate you guys. Have a great Sunday. All right. For Schlegs, I'm Austin. Have a great uh, rest of your weekend. We'll see you next week.